Hi, this is Katie Rucker with McKenzie Corporation. You're listening to From the Heart with Ed Hart. Hi, this is Jenny Dinnan, and you're listening to From the Heart with Ed Hart. My guests today, as you've heard, are my good friends, Katie and Jenny. Katie Rucker, Jenny Dinnan. Together, they are the co-presidents of McKenzie Corporation here in Southern California. We will get into what co-presidents means here shortly. Uh, McKenzie Corporation, this is just stolen from your website, is a strategic consulting agency specializing in quantitative market research. I met these two lovely sisters, twins, uh, back in 2011 when I first started running the Center for Family Business at Cal State Fullerton. Their involvement with the center started a little bit before that. Uh, they have not only been members of our center for the last, what now, nine years or so, but uh, intricate players in the success of a lot of the families that we work with. Um, they've been participants as speakers, as panelists. Uh, they have been heavily involved in just about everything we've done over the last nine years. A couple of years ago, they were their organization inducted into the Cal State Fullerton Family Business Hall of Fame. So you're going to be listening and, and viewing two people who know of what they speak when it comes to family business. And the world looks a little bit different now, ladies, doesn't it, than it did maybe a couple of months ago? So, oh gosh, it does for <laughs> sure. A little bit, a little bit. I'm going to throw a wrinkle at the two of you, and I, I will. I did give you a heads up. I'd like to, rather than having me stand here or sit here and introduce Katie, why don't you, in, in 30 seconds or so, introduce your sister, and then Jenny, you're going to get a chance to, to, to get some revenge. I love that. Well, thank you. I always say I'm not sure how anybody runs a business without their twin sister and their, you know, their <laughs> other half. We always, the two of us together make a perfect one. Um, but Jenny definitely, she's a big picture thinker. She doesn't, you know, have a new idea that she, you know, or that there isn't a new idea that she doesn't love. She just loves innovating and thinking and figuring out how to help people and companies be able to reach their audacious goals. Um, she's an includer. She always wants to be able to, the more the merrier at the party for her. So if she shows up at your house with three extra friends, it's just because she really thought that there was a reason and a benefit for you guys to meet. Um, and she is definitely an adventure seeker. She's always going to be the first to say yes for things she wants to try. So she, she's just a, an amazing person. And I'm grateful to have her as my sister and my co-leader with me, especially in the middle of what we're going through these days. I'm really sad. I don't have a twin. So <laughs> probably you, good no, that there's no. not two of me though. Yeah. Pressure's All right, on. Jenny, your turn. Oh, Kate. Katie is like my rock, man. She is, so I, she said that I'm the big picture thinker. Like she is the one that can actually get everything done, right? Like I, and as she said, I don't know how we run a business without each other because there's no way this could survive without both sides. So while I come up with the big ideas, Katie's the one that actually rallies the team, um, can see the path forward for getting things done. So she's on the operations side of the business um, of making sure that all my crazy ideas or whatnot comes back down to life and gets things done. Um, she's also my uh, sanity um, and always looking out for the people, the individual. While I'm looking at the bigger picture, Kate's always very intrigued with the individual people um, on our team and those surrounding us to make sure that they're taken care of. Um, Cause sometimes I'm off to the next idea when she's making sure that everybody behind the desk that I've left uh, is being taken care of. So she's our people person and operations for sure. Awesome. Thank yeah. you very much. I appreciate that. It's fun to not only have my guests introduce each other, but in a situation like the two of you, you're twins. So we've heard each of you right away a little bit, and I've known you for almost a decade. So I know a lot of the answers that I'm going to ask, but I'm assuming a few people who listen and watch today won't. 
heard a little bit about how you're different. What would you say, either of you? And most of the questions I'm going to throw out, I might throw specifically to Jenny or Katie, but for the most part, just you guys can step on each other, talk. This is just three friends having a cup of tea or coffee, talking for an hour or so. How are you similar? What are the similarities that you both would say you have with one another besides born on the same day, same mom and dad, all of that obvious stuff? Um, I would say, I think, passion for people, passion for our family. Um, really, we always say, too, we're, um, we're the Vibret family, which is our maiden name, our dad's name. Um, and But for us, when we talk about it being a family business, it's not just those of us in the family that we like really genuinely care about our team at the same level um, with our friends. We are, we are just all in for the people in our lives and we'll just do everything and anything that we possibly can for them. Yeah, I'd agree. I think that all in term, it's so funny because we do it in like such different ways, but I think just a passion for people, for family, for friends. I mean, that is like encompasses us. I think that's why obviously this time is difficult for everybody, but it's so hard not being around all of our people. That's where we both get our energy from, uh, quite honestly. So it's, uh, it's been interesting, but I think that, um, and for a family business and for others, of, of making this work together. So even though we might come at things differently, the one thing that is so amazing is we have, uh, we want this to succeed um, and we want everybody to succeed. Like that's the thing too. One of our um, things that maybe we'll get to later is um, our passion as a business is to make businesses and people succeed. It doesn't just have to be us. So I think we're both um, uh, all in for people. Yeah. yeah. You're both very outward focused. And I've noticed that it's funny because anytime I meet someone who is, well, first of all, very rarely do I meet someone who only knows one of you. Yeah. And if they know right. one, they know the other. Um, but on the rare occasion that I get that chance to meet someone who only knows Katie or only knows Jenny, it's like, Oh, yeah. just wait till you meet the other one. <laughs> and it's, and it's fun because we, we all, as, as the outsiders looking in who know you and love you both so much, we definitely see the differences, but the, yeah. the similarities are, are, are striking. And um, it's that, that balance that you have is so good. I don't think a lot of family businesses could succeed having mm -hmm. two chiefs. Talk a little bit about right. how the co-president role, I mean, I know what your roles are, but talk a little bit about how being co-presidents, first of all, how does that work within the family dynamic? And then maybe I like to ask a lot of like part one, part two questions. You guys will get yeah. sick of that by the end of this, but um, okay. how does it, um, how's it seen by your, your stakeholders, your employees, your, your customers mm -hmm. and so forth? Jenny, why don't you start? Yeah. I've given okay. you the second word both times so <laughs> no, far. So I think it's an interesting now. question. I love these kind of things. You know, it's, it's interesting because, and I think you said even for our team and how it's been for them. So they came in, obviously our dad started the business 35 years ago and they had one leader um, who was also very different from us. I think he was all in on making things succeed, but he was, I mean, if Kate and I are like over here different, he's over here different on how he is. He's, how you said, we're very outward extroverts, all that. He is an introverted data yeah. nerd. So he is totally different um, than us. So I think our team had to deal with a couple of things. One was, um, one, oh gosh, they had to deal with a lot. They had to deal with a male, single, introverted leader. Mm -hmm. Now they have two female, extroverted uh, leaders. Um, we've worked really hard. We um, And I think when we first joined the family, we worked with Joanne Norton right. uh, as our family transition consultant of making sure, and I think it goes down to our differences, of making sure that it's very clear of what our lanes are. So even though we're co-presidents, we definitely have our distinct roles of sales and marketing and operations. 
Um, so I think it did take a little bit for the team to really know of kind of who's, which parent you kind of go to for what, yeah. you know, of a good cop, bad cop. Mom A or mom B, right? Exactly, yeah. right? So um, there is definitely, we need to make sure that we're a united front when we're talking to the team about things, but I think we've got our lanes now. Um, I won't say that it was a, a smooth transition right away. It took a little while. Sure. Um, and then it's through repetition um, and just reminding them. And then I think what also has worked and then Kate can step in is making sure that we respect each other's lanes. Um, and if we have an opinion about something, it's not in front of the team um, or we might be countering each other. Um, you know, we can talk offline, but if we're, if we're disagreeing on something, if it's your lane, then, then at the end of the day, it's your vote, I guess I would okay. say. Okay, that's how I was going to, you're leading me yeah. into a question you just answered. Yeah. Okay, yeah. how did you add to that? Yeah, I mean, I actually just kind of parlaying at the very end. We, we have been lucky at this point that we have not actually had too big of a difference that we had to bring in the, uh, the 4% ownership vote from dad. Um, but I, I mean, I agree. Yes, we, it's very, we are very distinctive in how we're doing things. Um, I do tell, I made Jenny an idea jar so that when she's kind of tapped out, when I have too many to try to figure out, then I either have to say you have to take something out of the plate or then you got to stick them into the idea jar and we'll come back to that when we're ready. And trying to help mitigate like what can our team, our team can't run as fast as her brain goes. So we have to manage some of that and how we, how we make it. But I mean, I, I'm also lucky. I'm definitely, I'm an extrovert. I'm fueled by people that I am not a, um, I, I don't have the same kind of people skills in the way of sales and marketing side of things that Jenny has, but I've, you know, I've been lucky also to be able to learn from her and be able to grow in those, that side of things too. So um, I'd say in the last year, but especially even right now during the situation that we're in is leaning in and helping with the account management side, helping with, you know, being out there and having more of the face on some of these things as well. So, you know, we, we do cross a little bit and see like where we go with that. Go ahead, Jenny. I love it. One, one thing that I want to uh, clarify that Kate said is that she said our team can't keep up with all of my ideas. And I want to clarify that real quick is I am very blessed because I can come up with the idea and then I can move on to the next one and I don't have to worry about actually implementing them. Um, there you go. So I think that even us um, of how we work really well together, because I think for a little while there, I was getting frustrated that I would, I would come up with an idea and then I would be frustrated of why it wasn't implemented. I had moved to the next thing and I need them to keep up. But um, Katie reminding me, hey, Jenny, your strength is coming up with the ideas. Ours is implementing and it you know, takes a minute, obviously, sure. or long to implement <laughs> those ideas. Um, so she does a good job of kind of reminding me and then, hey, enough with the idea. So yes, the idea jar is. Well, it seems so natural too. And I've, I mean, I've seen you a couple of times except awards. I've seen you speak in public a, a lot of times and it, it doesn't feel like, oh, well, this is your role, you take it, or no, this is your role, you take it. It just comes across very natural. I think a lot of organizations wish that there are two top people. I know a lot of companies that have that very disciplined, very to-do list driven CEO, right. but no real people person up there with him or her, or the real people mm -hmm. person who's great out in the community, but boy, they just have trouble getting the the things done, if you will. It's great that you guys have that balance. Yeah. As a, don't, mm -hmm. Take me back to Jenny and Katie, the kids. I know you guys have shared with me in the past that you weren't best of friends then and probably never would have imagined running a company together when you were teenagers. Um, talk about your, your childhood a little bit. And um, I'd like to hear individually when each of you had that, that first thought of, you know, dad's business is something I might want to do. And I'm guessing it didn't happen the same day for each of you. Yeah. Whoever wants to go first. 
I said, I can go. No, I, um, yeah. Uh, you know, obviously we are born and raised Orange County, um, which it's great to be back here um, and blessed, you know, so it's just the two of us uh, kids. Um, and it is funny because our mom is an identical twin. Right. My grandpa, our grandpa is an identical twin. So much for the theory that it skips a generation. Know, Not so much. Got a lot of kids. Right? Yeah. Um, and it is funny because we have four girls between the two of us. So single girls. So our kids yeah. are, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of twins there. But um, growing up um, in here in Orange County, and both mom and dad own their own business. So learning a lot from them. That's right. Um, it was never though, they both had their own business, but growing up, it was never a family business. They were both, I'd, I'd say entrepreneurs. And it was always a sure. question that I had of when does a business become a family business? You know, when the next generation comes in. So growing up, it was never, you're being groomed to be a part of the business. I think dad, um, his whole goal was to take care of his family. I mean, that was kind of the goal. It wasn't to take on kind of the whole world there, but um he was always a problem solver, listening, and then solving problems for his clients. Um, so we didn't, I don't even know if I 100%, I don't know if, if, you have, if I knew what he did. I knew he traveled a lot and worked on computers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But I didn't, I didn't really understand. So we both went away to college. Uh, we both, so we went to different high schools uh, mm -hmm. growing up. Uh, that could be a whole different podcast, but we did not get along. <laughs> uh, so we went to different high schools and our parents were, um, understanding of that and i think also because my mom was a twin and her and her identical twin who actually works for us now so it's a, a little bit funny coming around the block but um they were in the exact same class from kindergarten through eighth grade and maybe even high school i can't remember um and i think um they saw that that wasn't fantastic having them together she all the time. With that, sure so we were blessed mm -hmm. that they gave us a space that we needed i think at the time in our lives when we needed to be apart um I can't imagine with my kids now doing that, but uh, yeah, so imagine that as a parent now. You got to go just right. double everything you have to do. I know, though they did give us one car and told us to sort it out. So figure it out. Nice. Some stories there, but um, we both ended up actually at CU Boulder in Colorado, mm -hmm. uh, which worked out really nicely. We were on different floors in the dorm together, um, and so then when we both graduated, you know, I went to I was a marketing major and more on the creative side of marketing, um, and went back to moved to San Diego. And the rule in our family was that we had to work. And I don't even know if it was, I mean, it was a rule, but we couldn't go in. It the was an unstated rule in a way. Yeah. But. Unstated rule. Yeah. That we had to go work somewhere else before working in the family business. So sure. um, really coming out, I worked at Home Depot and HSBC Bank and some big companies, big banks. I think it's really uh, beneficial of having these big company experiences, uh, but having some of those experiences and starting to look back and really, I think when we were old enough to understand what the business was, how they were treating their employees, what was going on of realizing, wait a second, I think there's something here um, that we're intrigued to learn more about. And I think that's when the conversation started about what the family business was or what his business was. And I was starting to say, I think there might be something here that we want to be able to become a part of. Yeah. Okay. okay, what about you? I'm curious to hear your your take on the same thing as far as when you... I mean, I, I don't know that I even know your story of what you did after Boulder, but even <laughs> college, you know, yeah. Boulder, if you like, yeah. 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 I mean, I, again, we, we grew up in a very, actually people take, cause we talk a lot about our dad. My, our parents are still married. They've been married. It'll be 50, is it 50 years, 45, 45 years. Um, in June, we we're supposed to go on a big, huge family trip. So we're still crossing our fingers. We're allowed to make it to Montana for that vacation. But 
I know. Um, and so I'm just, we grew up in a very blessed and loving family. And I think that again, comes back to the, what is something that is a commonality or a similarity between Jenny and I about being just all in for our people is we grew up in a family that was all about our people and our family. So we were very blessed in that sense. And yeah, so we ended up at our different high schools. And I really think um, it's an interesting thing now too, about how then we came back together that not a lot of people thought we would, but when, during that formative years and really about when you're figuring out kind of who you are and you're working on figuring out your personality and your strengths and where you belong in the world and the space, that's what high school is all about. And we were then lucky and, in, and welcomed to be able to have separate space to be able to do that instead of continuing to feel compared. So I do think that through college and then on the other side of it is that then when we really started to appreciate the differences, because for so long you're kind of compared and right. then we started realizing that there's strength in those differences and how uniting those differences together can make something really special. So um, I was a sociology major in college. Actually, I was just chatting with somebody right now talking about that. Um, and I you know, had a path for one direction, but ended up actually getting into the corporate media and event production uh, space and worked for an event company down in San Diego. And then um, that was the business actually that our mom had. She had a um, meeting and event planning company. So after a year and a half working for a different firm, I came over and worked with her. Um, so which was my first part of being able to get to know like the ins and outs of working with the parent and being sure. involved in the family business. Um, we closed her business down in 2008. Um, it was just, you know, obviously right in the beginning, like the recession that was happening, it was just a harder and harder um, uphill battle. And I knew that it wasn't my passion, what I wanted to do long term, especially as I was starting to have a family and didn't feel like being out on nights and weekends from the kids. Yep. Um, my dad needed help for like a low level, you know, assistant in one of the departments. So I basically came in as like a file clerk. Um, and that's the thing that I do think is actually really beneficial. I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And yeah. so that's how I just got in to be able to help him. Um, and now, and then the, the great thing is, which actually I had my kids working on some surveys the other day, helping us out, which was our job in high school when everybody got to work at like the at Wild Rivers or something fun. We actually had to open mail and bubble in surveys. The G3 um, is already coming in the door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, yeah, we just. You know, slowly was like working through up and along the different departments within the company. And then it just got to a spot where um, our dad was just getting kind of tired of the day-to-day -day of running a business. But, you know, and, and the hard thing is, is when you're the entrepreneur, you start it because what, it's what you're passionate about. I mean, yeah. he loves, like Jenny said, being an investigator, like digging deep into questions. He loves being forward thinking about how to take what one problem is and thinking about the next one. He loves digging in and being analytical. But when you're running a business, there still is in the day-to-day -day running a business side of things. And so that was then when we actually first joined the center and we met Joanne. And through that, then we actually worked with Joanne. Um, and she worked through a really big process with us, us being able to really identify where our strengths were and how that would translate into the business and how we'd come up with a structure, like an organizational structure that we thought would work best. So, um, and then we just kind of presented a proposal to him and said, we think you're on to something really cool and where the future is going. We're so excited about it. So it's, it's been really exciting over the last, you know, eight to 10 years being able to like infuse new life into the company and really be able to see that this was 100% worth something that was worth keeping going. I think he, again, never thought like Jenny was saying it, that it would transition to one of us or both of us. So I think he really thought his option was either selling or closing down. And for him, sure. the easier option was going to be to close down. So we're grateful for the fact that that didn't happen. And I know every family, thank you for sharing that. I know every family is different. And as you know, I work with, you know, dozens and dozens of family businesses where the dynamic is as different as the family name.
what advice would you give? And again, it's hard to give advice generically when, as I just mentioned, everything is so specific and unique to maybe folks that are in the next generation now, like you are, whose parents haven't stepped out yet. How, how would you coach them, if you could, to approach the, what I call the now generation, those that are leading the company? Um, I guess what I'm leading up to is you made that transition. I know dad's still engaged in the business, not to the point that he was mm -hmm. when I first met him. But um, what advice might you give to someone who is struggling with approaching mom or dad or both in this particular case about the transition and your own willingness and worthiness and so forth? Uh, that's a tough, that's a that tough, is a tough one. It's a tough conversation. No, I will doesn't try. Fit for just everyone. say, yeah. yeah, I think that one of the things we learned on really like early on, one, I really do believe and again, Joanne's probably going to be like, stop talking about me. But um, no, right. having outside, we, we wouldn't be where we are today if we didn't have a transition consultant. I 100% truly believe that. I also truly believe that we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for the center and the people that we met through that. Right. So again, it, and that probably is because we lean into people. We lean into being able to learn from people who have been down a path before us. And, and I believe that a huge part of our success is, is that we didn't try to do it alone. Because being able to navigate some of those conversations, and it, it's awkward. It's awkward sometimes having to talk to your parents about finances, about it, whether you're going to buy a com the company from them gifted, if it's going to be in the family trust, what does your parent need to be able to financially be okay once they've transitioned out? I mean, they're just types of certain conversations that you've never had to have before and how to approach those. So I think going, getting some guidance and help as early on as you possibly can is mm -hmm. what I do believe helps with our success. And also through that guidance and, and any of it is, is I figuring out how to communicate effectively and how to be able to have tough conversations and to address whatever the elephant is in the room at that time. And it changes over time. Um, and then now looking back, cause there's a lot of things I can say, like looking back, like I believe, I thought this was how it was going to be and it would be something different is now I realize is how to be able to offer grace to, I think, to the generation, the now generation, so to what, where our parents were, and then the opposite of offering grace back to the, the kids who are trying to come in to take over and know that we on both sides are going to say we want a certain thing and we have the right and we will change our minds and we will we go through some ups and downs and, and how to be able to offer that grace and allowance in that space, I think is another huge thing. But so it's, it's understanding your family dynamics as fast and as early as possible. Yeah, that's the, the key, the dynamic. You hit it on it too, the communication. I mean, I'm a big believer that mm -hmm. the biggest problems we have in life, whether it's bad marriages or bad relationships or bad companies or whatever, really goes back to that communication piece. And that sounds like mm -hmm. it started early on with your parents from the way you've talked about it. I think mm -hmm. one thing I want to, because I think communication is key, yeah. but the other really big thing where I think that problems arise is around expectation. Like we were going in, I think if you go into this, I and mean, in, in, I think the previous question, it made it sound like really easy. Like we went in, we said we <laughs> want to do this yeah. and magically it happened. Um, that is, that is not the case. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I think it's a storming, norming, whatnot. It was like, we were halfway through and it was like, oh shoot, I'm going to retreat back. Well, no, we're this far. We can't go back. Um, is knowing and acknowledging i think even we were a little naive of thinking because even ed some of the businesses that you work with are huge right they've got right. 15 or 20 cousins and all these people and we thought well it's just us and dad so it's got to mm -hmm. be really smooth and he's ready to move out it's got to be really <laughs> smooth there's so many dynamics that are in there right they're just um 
just knowing it's going to be difficult coming in and that's okay. And I think that then when it became difficult that then we had resources to go to, to say, and that's kind of, and I know we kind of brushed over it a little bit not to continue to talk about the center, but the good thing about the center that's so great is when we were feeling something, we could go to other people like a Tam and Lynn that are brother, sister, co-president exactly. with their uh, parents and say, Hey, listen, this is how I'm feeling. Is this normal? What have you done? And they were like a couple years ahead of us. Um, so it wasn't because a lot of times we would think, well, it's just because we're like a small business or it's because we're this or it's because we're that. It was good to hear other businesses have been through sure. similar. And I think one of the other things, which, um, again, it's a whole nother topic, but the employee side of it is a really, really big thing. And I mm -hmm. think that's like a different topic there, but a lot of times with a family business, there's the, there's just so many dynamics that there's the, there's the dad obviously in transitioning that. But these people, our business has been around for 35 years. So these, right. a lot of them have known us for a long, long time. And it's been transitioning of, and I think I was just listening to your Meredith podcast the other day. And she said of knowing, because it's not just in a family business, it's any business with a new leader, that it will look different right. than what um, this next generation. So how do we balance honoring the past? Um mm -hmm but innovating for the future and, and being open to communication of anything we change, making it known. We're not changing it because it was wrong. We want to honor you. But sometimes in a family business, when you move the, when you move this to over here, you know, this lamp right. from here to here, we can't touch that. It's sacred. It doesn't mean we don't honor that. It just means we have to move it to get in, in a different place. Um, so, you know, there's this balance between we can keep honoring and honoring and honoring, but we have to move forward. So it's, it's just a, Kind of reminds me of the episode of The Office when Steve Carell, Michael Scott, you guys watch The Office, but yeah, yeah. he's leaving the company and Will Ferrell is his replacement and Will Ferrell's character comes in with all these, just the decor changes in the office and Great. Michael mm -hmm. Scott's like, well, we don't need to do that yet, do we? So yeah, it's, there's the- oh, yeah, We there's change this, the colors and yeah, the, we the name, yeah. but- There okay. are certain things where you flip the switch and other things where you just gradually transition and you can't even go back and look at, wow, when did this change? It just all of a sudden evolved. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that happens. I think a big thing too, just just real quick too, and then we can let you move on to the next question. I, right. I think a big shift that also happened for Jenny and I is with that kind of like what she was saying with the honoring and so wanting to in in, in a way, kind of fear, but like the um, we held on I think for a little bit too long to the way things were when we finally realized that for the legacy to be able to continue, what our job was to was to make sure now that Mackenzie can last for the next 35 years right. and that we have to see what does this company need to be to stay relevant for the next 35 years and things can't stay the same. So if we were working so hard to protect like what it was because we felt like that was the way of honoring dad, the real way of honoring dad and the hard work that he did was to be able to say, look what we've done to make sure it's staying relevant going forward. And it was just this this mind shift that we needed to have to realize it could look drastically different, but at the end of it, it's so that we have an organization that we can pass to our kids, right? Like yeah. that means success of transition of family yeah. business. It doesn't mean that it has to look exactly the same. And it was just this, and that was something I think for all of us, it was the same thing, our, you know, our dad said, do whatever you want with it. And then as soon as we started changing, like, what do you mean you're changing that? Minute, right. Yeah. And it was just really that, everything that, you want. Yeah. That, that whole thing and it really then was to that our job was to protect the legacy of the family business and to make sure that we are relevant for another generation and that 
was really what mattered. And once we even started instituting some of that language with our team and sharing that and getting them to really understand why we were making some of these changes, they really started to get it too. And you hit right smack dab on, I hear definitions constantly of the difference between a family business and a non-family is the non-family business. It's not that they don't think about future generations in 35 years from now, as you stated, but especially if they're a publicly held company, I'm thinking about next quarter, you know, how are my stockholders mm -hmm. going to be getting the maximum for their investment and so forth. Whereas in a family company, one of the things I love, just like you just said, Katie, is that we're looking at generationally, what does this look like down the road? Yeah. Um, the white of, the, the elephant in the room right now that we have danced around and talked about a little bit, but we haven't um, had the dive into it. So I'll do that now. Prerogative of being the host. Let's talk about this pandemic. I know from conversations we've had, the, the dramatic impact that this has had on you individually, Katie mm -hmm. and Jenny, your families, obviously your company, I'm sure your dad, your mom. Um, we're all going, I always like to say we're going through this together, but we're going through it very uniquely. Yeah. So let's talk uniquely mm -hmm. as much as you'd like to share. I know there's a lot that you probably can't or don't want to, but just from, uh, from March 1st of everything's humming along and we're hitting our, our goals and 2020 is looking like it's gonna be a killer year to 19 days later, the state gets shut down, the country is basically closed. You know, just walk us through just the emotion of it for you or anything you'd like to share at all when it comes to this. Hmm. Yeah. Um, or we can not talk sure. about it at all and just yeah. say, no, we're no, going no, through no. a sucky I, time right now, let's move on. Yeah. We have to no, we, we are, yeah. as I say, we're kind of open books about a lot of things. Um, yeah. I think like everybody else, I think it was the Friday before, I, whatever the date was for us, we, our last day in the office was March 16th. We are lucky that 95% of our business can be done remote. Um, it is interesting because I think a lot of our team, we do have the analysts and the data nerds. We are all lovingly, I think we have a, a one lady on our business cards, a senior data geek. So that is, we say that with full nice. lovingness um, in our business. Um, they, uh, most of them would love actually have been working virtual and remote um, forever. Um, again, Jenny and I feed off of people. And so we need to have that. So for us, it was actually a really hard day for us where I think some of our team was like, yay, we finally are getting what we've been wanting. Um, and so that, you know, I think that, that first, yeah, um, the first, that first day when we kind of just had to come up with a plan and it basically, we went from two people working part-time remote to then our whole company working remote. And we are a small team, we're um, 13 employees. And so it was a fairly easy transition. Um, I would say, I think those first few weeks um, it was difficult for everybody. I mean, well, I have a 14-year-old and a 10-year-old, so eighth grade and fourth grade. And so I am lucky, at least that they're old enough that they can do some of the schoolwork on their own. But I mean, a 14-year-old being taken out of any sort of social interaction for a 14-year-old girl is uh, definitely, we have some ups and downs at our house. Um, yeah. and, and it's balancing all of that, you know. Um, I would say for myself, and I'll be totally vulnerable and say the first four weeks were crushingly overwhelming. It was probably the most overwhelmed I've felt in my whole entire life yeah. based on the amount that we had to figure out as fast as we could. I mean, luckily the team, we keep saying they, they kept the ship moving forward. Um, our business as a whole has been able to remain steady. And then on the other side, which maybe Jenny can kind of talk about what, where we're actually, there's a lot of potential and opportunity for our business and the services that we offer. Um, but the learning, you know, having to figure out what were all the different laws coming in, what do we need to do to protect our staff? What do we need to do to make sure they have the technology they need? Just all of it, you know, the loans, this, the, that. Um, 
is a lot. But again, I'm grateful for an amazing network of people who were all uh, also business owners that I could call and um, and partners that we met through the center who have been able to really help us get through that. So um, definitely feel now, I think it was week five that I finally was starting to feel a sense of calm and peace and settling into what this is. Um, and so again, for me, I am lucky my kids can, I mean, my daughter's baking some bread right now. So they're, they're old enough that they oh, can actually be self-contained <laughs> and I don't have to um, be there, as, you know, for every single homework assignment. So it's been, I think like everybody, it's been ups and downs. I'm antsy and trying to figure out when the next trip is that we can go on, but. Yeah, exactly. Um, all these, not only the personal and all the things that we've all had canceled or postponed to this point. Jenny, what about you? I think, you know, I, it, it's such an odd thing of like, you know, I think we were taking right before this. It, it's an up and down piece, you know. I've got, um, I'm an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, so I have third grade and preschool. And I, I God bless teachers. Like, I just had, <laughs> I mean, very I underpaid, aren't they? How much energy they have, but um, and I have a I have a godsend husband at home with our girls, and thank gosh for him, man. Um, I just <laughs> uh, so actually, and I'm blessed. We are blessed that I've come to the office because we have an empty office here, so I am able to come. And now they think it's Disneyland. I mean, when <laughs> when we let them out so they can come to the office, they just think it's like <laughs> I get to happens. leave the house. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Bring the dog, and you know it's yeah. full on Disneyland. It's changing everything. <laughs> But I will say, I mean, part of, and back to even the beginning of having Kate, because trying to navigate those first four weeks of what this was and with the loans and with the paperwork and with the, all this stuff, that's just a lot. So one, thank you, Katie, for de- taking the front of <laughs> You're that. Uh, huge. Um, you know, on the flip side of it, McKinsey at our core really is helping people um, understand who their customers are, better connect with them market with them, message, like how to engage with your customers um, in the most effective way possible. That's what we've done before. Um, of empowering businesses by leveraging data and analytics, right? I mean, and it's really more, it seems to me that more than ever out of this, people are trying to figure out what this new normal looks like and who this customer is. So there's so much valuable information out there of what do customers want out of this? What's the messaging that they want to hear from brands? I mean, basically every market, and such a marketing nerd of, it seems as though most ads right now, it's all the sad music and we're here for you. And this is, you know, this is what's going on. Like, I think people are ready and it depends on where they are in the cycle. But sure. um, I mean, I'm so hungry or to be buying things. We bought a $500 blow up pool the other day for the backyard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Amazon's doing great, right? Yeah. It's cheaper than spring break at the moment. Exactly. Um, I think that the trip we were going to go on. I think that, so what I, I believe that companies, when they were out of this shock moment of like, we just need to be like, holy cow, we don't know what's going on. The thing that I really want to be leaning into right now is changing the vocabulary, vocabulary that we're using one, mm-hmm. right? That businesses in the entire economy is not shut down. And what we worked on right. talking to our team about is we were never shut down from the minute from March 16th till now, our business was not closed. It continued going. There is a lot of business that is continuing to happen. There is a lot of businesses that are transitioning and moving online or changing their services or products right now. They're going to innovate and they're going to come out ahead of time. So there's mm-hmm. businesses that are going to survive but other ones that are going to, and I think that that gap is going to get really big. It's the companies that can lean in to say, how do we use this time to, um, I mean, there's, 
there's a need and there's pent up demand that's happening right now. Um, so we're excited to lean in there to um, help people figure out what these customers want, yeah. what these people want, and really remembering there are people at the other end of these computers and um, Zoom you know, calls and everything else. Yeah. Zoom calls. Mm -hmm. that what the exciting thing is of leveraging customer insights is people want to be a part of the conversation. And so if you can have a two-way conversation with your customers, with your prospects, and you can listen to what they're actually asking for right now, and you can pivot um, to give them that, you're going to be thriving. I mean, that's yeah. you doing these podcasts right now. That's, I mean, your Friday calls that you do is based on feedback that you get from your members that week. Yeah. What do you, what do you want to hear? Happening. The one we're doing tomorrow, Katie was the, yeah. was the impetus behind that. So thank you, mm -hmm. Katie. Well, well, if it goes well, yeah. if, if not, say, well, it's not my fault. Oh, it's going to go great. But yeah, and, and, and when I think, I think if we can lean in right now to just listen, it's the people that are like, we don't know yeah. what to do. We'll just stop for a minute, listen to what the market is saying and pivot. There's some really good opportunities. So, um, I don't know. It's, well, I mean, yeah, death by zoom calls. I mean, that's, uh, that's I, I was going to ask you and you're already sort of answering that too. Is there any big lesson that you're learning whether it's about your people or about yourself or your family or just any lesson learned that you're taking from this that I, I, I have on my whiteboard, up, up, you can't see, but I'm pointing at it, it says, let's not waste this experience. And that's a quote that mm -hmm. Ken Blanchard shared with us, I think yeah. on our first Friday call now, six weeks ago, hard to believe. And I've thought about that several times a day, every day, mostly because I've been looking at the quote, but it is, is, what's this experience teaching me? What am I supposed to learn from this? Curious if there's any any big aha. Uh, I didn't prep you for that, but if anything comes to mind that you've learned, That's okay. Yeah. You know, I one of the things for me, I feel like is it's been based on in a way we are ready for this. Like that's kind of the other thing. I think we've spent, or I, but I, I know Jenny's been a part of it too. We have done a lot in personal and professional growth, connecting with people, learning a lot of things, and. To be honest, I feel like if we hadn't put in all this work, because we just knew it was the right thing to do to keep growing, keep right. building those types of things. And I, to like as crushingly overwhelming as it is, mm -hmm. I keep saying to Jenny, I just texted her this morning. I said, we we're killing it. Like, awesome. and it's, you know, to be able to take the time. And again, there's the ups and downs with it. But I just believe that if we did not work on our own personal and professional growth over these last few years, we would be in a drastically different spot right now so part of it is is actually being able to also in the lesson is I'm definitely not the I, I'm always thinking about what's next what have I not accomplished and I think is actually taking time to stop and actually feel proud of what we've accomplished um, and I think for everybody whatever wherever that is in the like Jenny said in the cycle I mean some of it it could be I helped my kid achieve their educational goals today and that was a huge success so I think um, for me it's actually just been learning to give myself the grace and actually just be able to be proud of what we've been able to accomplish so far and know that we've actually accomplished a lot more than probably we could have or should have if it was a different circumstance. So again, it's more, that's more reflective versus saying sure. it, what is a big lesson, but. Yeah, well, first of all, as your friend, taking the whole client vendor relationship and putting that aside, <laughs> having had conversations with the two of you a few weeks ago after this all started, and the worry that I could see in your faces, it was hard mm -hmm. to see. And it wasn't just you, it's everybody. But I saw it specifically in the two of you. So to hear you say we're killing it now, we're crushing it, just makes me really, just makes the, the hairs on my back stand up with excitement. Um, I, I read, and Kate, Jenny, I'm going to go to you, same question. But before I do, 
I read something early on in this process, you know, six weeks ago or so, a, a devotional that I was reading without going into too much detail said, take each day and name it. And so what I've done is I've tried, I haven't done it every day, but there have been days I say, today is my day of writing. Today is my day of grandpa. Today is my day of exercise. Not that I'm going to exercise one day out of this pandemic, although maybe, right. but today is my day <laughs> of, today's my day of my kids. Today is my day of homeschool, whatever. And if we label it at the beginning of the day, then everything we do that day really kind of helps us channel in on that. Today is the day of my team. Today is the day of podcasts. I did three in one day, one day when I called it that. And I'm never going to do three in a day again because I had no voice by the end of the second one, let alone the third. So for me, labeling the days or the okay. weeks even has been helpful. Jenny, what about you? What, what are you taking away? What do you hope? I'm going to ask the question of you slightly differently, but you can answer it the same. Okay. What do you hope when this is over, if it's ever going to be over? Oh, I don't know what over is, it looks like. Yeah. But we're back to day in and day out routine. Yeah. What do you hope that you take with you from this? Yeah. Gosh, you know, I, I, I want to be... I, I think grace is a big word, you know, I've got a board in my board, it's growing grace um, that I've done this. And I know not every day that I'm doing it, but that I've, that I've gotten through this um, gracefully that I'm, you know, there for my team, the way that they need, that I'm learning and growing. Um, I think it is good to slow down, you know, as uh, over achievers or a personality, maybe mm. I think, and, you know, as Kate said, we're always looking at what we should be doing you know, what we haven't accomplished yet. Yeah. So I think it's slowing down um, focusing on things that matter. Um, as the one that's out and about a lot, I was always out at dinners and lunches and whatnot. I mean, I've eaten dinner with my family for every night for the past seven weeks. And yeah, it, that's pretty it's awesome. Amazing. Um, it, it, it's a really, really good thing. So trying to continue to find that balance and now realizing, okay, the things that do matter. What I also love is I feel like I'm reaching out and connecting with more people than I ever have before. Mm -hmm. And like, there's certain people that I'm just, and I'm leaning on them more. I think like you said, like the, the group there. So, um, mm -hmm. I mean, obviously I'm trying to learn and grow and do all that through this, but giving ourselves grace. Yeah. Uh, I am hopeful that our company does look different at the end of this. Even when you just said, you know, I mean, if we go back to normal, I, there are things that we wanted to do to move our company forward. And I think this is a good catalyst. Forces your hands sometimes. Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. And to think of that in a good way, as opposed to being, we're being forced to do this. It's giving us the opportunity and the, like I said in the beginning right now, cause we've had, you know, some clients that are putting on pause and projects. What's well, giving us some, some breathing room or we actually can move a bunch of things forward. But we were so busy that we couldn't move them before before. Um, so I don't want to look back and say, man, I wish we would have used that time <coughs> wisely. So in yeah. this kind of downtime, what is it that we want to become and how do we use this time most effectively? Cause I don't want to just be busy. I want to be productive during this time. Like even yeah, if yeah. I do less, but I can move forward, like, as opposed to just spinning my wheels and it felt like I was getting there before. So oh, thank you for that. I mean, the two of you have always been forever the optimists. And I think most people who know you see you that way. And I know I certainly do. And, and uh, if I could ever rely on anybody to be optimistic through all of this, it would be the two of you. And I, and, and you have not let me down. We, we text each other a lot. We're sending, mostly I'm sending jokes, but I'm getting some back in return. And, and, uh, no, and I appreciate it. I, I was texting with Charles Antis yesterday and Charles and I were, he and I sort of probably like the both of you as well, uh, Jenny in particular and your personality <laughs> style. We tend to say yes to kind of everything. 
And then we go back and figure out, you know, okay, how do I let somebody down that I said yes to? Or did I say yes how do to? I figure out how to do this? Yeah. I've said yes to everything the last seven weeks. But on the flip side, it's also, I was just sharing with somebody earlier today, I feel more laser focused in these last mm -hmm. seven weeks mm -hmm. than I ever have. Maybe I'm oh, saying yeah. yes to things, but yeah. I, maybe I'm not being asked as much. And that's probably what it is. People are only asking mm -hmm. what they know we can deliver right now because we're all just focusing on those big rocks. What are the what are the big important things we can really do as opposed to all the little minutia stuff that yeah. what I'm hoping I learn is that I need to make sure that I always prioritize the most important people and the most important things in my life. I've always known mm -hmm. that. That's not something I've learned, but it's something I'm now right. sort of adapting into my life. So yeah. I don't want to, I, I want to go all day, but I also want to respect your schedule. We're already a couple, you know, 40 or so minutes in. I, a couple of things I wanted to ask you about. Both of you are, are moms, your wives, your co-presidents of, of a wonderful company, Hall of Fame company, which is still a Hall of Fame company through all of this, without any doubt whatsoever. I know you Thank both you. do a lot in the community. So I'm gonna ask you again, back to Ed likes to ask two questions in one. I'm gonna ask each of you to think about the answer to the question of what breaks your heart and how that answer has directed you where you spend your time now away from wife, mother, Mackenzie, so forth. Katie, I'll go with you first. Talk about where you're involved and what you do and, and why you do it. Sure. Um, for me, I'm involved in what really does bring me joy, and I try to spend some time on it every single day if I can, even if it's five minutes and one email. But I am a board member of the Orange County Ronald McDonald House, and I'm co-chairing their capital campaign to double the size of the house. Um, for me and how it relates to this, and it's been really interesting, um, is family so we are in the middle of a health crisis right a global health crisis where everybody's so scared of catching something and it's the one thing but the thing is is that through all of that there is actually a health crisis that happens to people all day every day um that's then so there's a health crisis inside of a health crisis and for me then it really is specifically around then families or children specifically who are having a health crisis and then the families who are having to deal with that and how they're then having to so again i mean it i was passionate about it before um i spent a week uh, back in 2011 at chocolate mission with my daughter we thought she was having petite mal seizures and it was one of the worst weeks of our lives um and she ended up being perfectly fine and healthy but through that i um kind of went on a journey of discovery to figure out like where my space and my extra time could be spent and it brought me back to the ronald mcdonald house because i used their services during that time um but really through this pandemic and one of the things we've talked about at our board meetings and our campaign meetings is remembering that these families were then dealing with their health crisis in the middle of it. And so, you know, there's a family staying and um, we, we, they can't take families, new families into the house right now, uh, but we're still then putting them up. And so actually Mackenzie sponsored to pay for hotel rooms for every family that has to come through um, that we're then covering those costs. So right now there's two families staying there, one who's getting cancer treatment and another one who's going through some other major health crisis. Um, there's two families right now staying in the house, who have been in the house, um, two eight-year-old girls, two separate families. One of them is actually from Syria, but there was a bomb exploded outside of her house and she's here because her whole body has been covered in burns and she's going through treatment for that. Yeah. So there are people who are dealing with really, really bad stuff. And uh, a very dear friend of ours family just uh, left Boston Children's Hospital to go back to Bermuda after a month um, in treatment for a very serious illness for their four-year-old daughter um, and, and, and listening to her and what she was going through during that time and all the scariness that was added because it was a pandemic. So again, that was a very long answer, but that's that, no, for me is, up on top. That's great. 
Yeah. Not great it's to have just, it, your answer. Yeah. No, no, no. But it, it, it really, I think the, the gratitude that we have, that, that we do have health in the middle of all of this, that our children are healthy, that we are able to be there with our kids. Um, and again, just understanding how scary it is for families whose families are getting COVID. But then if you're dealing with something and having to go to a hospital in the middle of all of that too, it's just, those are then the unknown, those are the things that then people aren't thinking about or aren't talking about in the middle of all of this, that yeah. life does go on in the middle of a pandemic. So yeah, we have a neighbor. That's that where was, I spend my time. We have an elderly neighbor who was rushed off to the hospital a couple of weeks ago and everybody right away goes, is it COVID? Totally unrelated, yeah. but that's where our brain mm -hmm. goes. So yeah, thank you for sharing that because I know I, and I think a lot of us tend to forget, oh yeah, there's still other stuff going on. You know, this there's is really COVID-19. Yeah. There's a billion other things going on that we're, well, you know, friends and neighbors and relatives and family members are struggling with. So thanks for sharing that. Jenny, what about mm -hmm. you? I think the thing that breaks my heart, you know, Kate and I were so blessed growing up that um, we had two parents that believed in us and showed us a fantastic example of what could be done. Um, I think growing up, a, a, or even when I was older, a roommate of mine said to me, hey, Jenny, how do you know that you're going to be successful? Um, I said, I don't know, I just do. And she says, yeah, but, but how do you know that? And I was like, I don't know. I just, I know I'm going to be successful at whatever I'm going to be at. And I realized after a while, it's because it, I was instilled with that. I had examples that I could watch. Yeah. Um, and that you we knew what success had, looked like, first of all. I knew what success looked like. There were two yeah. of them in my house that, I mean, that started their businesses, that did these things. They were these examples. I also am so blessed to have had some incredible mentors in my life and um, women in my life that have showed me what strong leaders and women um, can do and that will bring us up and coach and mentor. Um, so I'm always involved in looking for ways to um, mentor, coach, um, promoting. I was involved with Girls Inc. for quite some time, and they're amazing of promoting girls to be strong, smart, and bold, part of Chapman's mentor program. I want yeah. to be, um, it's just crazy when I talk to these students or kids sometimes that don't believe in themselves. So I'm always trying to, however I, we can give back um, and talk and show people um, that we're here for them and we want to support. It is so, you know, whenever I do any sort of calls, I always say, hey, listen, people were there for me. And so please reach out. I mean, I'm, I'm here to give information, like advice or um, uh, help or any way that we can. Um, so there's a lot of different organizations that we're involved with, but how do we empower, um, and, and mostly it's around girls because we've got four girls and there's two of us and mm -hmm. um, about promoting them. I mean, encouraging the next generation. I mean, with team kids, we're a part of this. this next generation is so incredible and so strong. Yeah. And if we just give them the, um, I want them at the end and say, of course I'm going to succeed. Of course I can do anything I want. Like it breaks my heart to see any kid that wouldn't think that because they didn't have someone that told them that they could. There's no role model for them. Yeah. So you, yeah. you get that opportunity to yeah. To serve as a role model. I've, always, I've wondered where all the girls went. We have seven grandsons. You guys are hoarding all the girls. I get it. Yeah, yeah. We are hoarding uh, the girls. Yeah. Well, maybe someday we do an introduction here. I don't know. Hey. My, my grandsons are eight and younger. So, hey, you I like to be a family. I could definitely handle that as well. That wouldn't be a bad thing. So, thank you for both of your answers. And more importantly, thank you for what you both do. Yeah. Um, I knew where you both were going to go knowing you, but I, I just. I've had a chance to see you both in action in your respective communities as well. And it's just inspiring for me to, to, I think what I love most, I'm teeing up the question I'm going to ask next, but telling you my answer to my question. And that is what I love most about my job. So I'm going to ask each of you to tell that in a second too. But what I love most is getting to meet people like you and the families that you've alluded to already just on this call. And 
you know, the families we haven't talked about too. I mean, there's so many just outstanding mm -hmm. families, not just within the Center for Family Business. And you know, thank you for making this a commercial for the Center. I didn't mean it for the <laughs> at all, but you know, I'm, I'm going to stand on every rooftop and shout about yes. what the Center does. And the Center is not me. The Center is you and the other families that you work with. And that's what the beauty of it is. But, and that's what I love most about it is the, is the people I get to meet and the relationships I get to, to create. And nothing brings me more joy than to hear one member talking about another member and I played a part in, in introducing them, you know, yeah. that you mm -hmm. now taking trips together and calling them for, you know, board stuff and, and so forth. So that, that's inspiring for me. So Katie, I'll start with you. What I love most about my job is. What I love most about my job is, um, I would say two sides of things. Um, one of my true, I feel like purpose in life is to awaken the potential in others so they can grow wings and soar. So one of the things I love most about my job is being able to really work with our team members and help them to be able to see their potential to grow, one. And on the other side, in terms of the services that we offer, what I love most, and Jenny always say, we want to work in industries and with companies that we're passionate about because we just I truly believe, I mean, we get one life. And so if anything that we can do to help help a brand enhance an experience, our experiences, big and small, that make up our everydays, we can help that be, you know, grown or expanded for any consumers out there. That That's pretty cool. So that's just yeah. like what I love the best. Awesome. Thank you. Jenny, what I love about my job is? Oh, what I love about my job, <clears throat> now that I've been able, uh, and Kate said her purpose statement, uh, that we did the imperative a while ago, um, which I think is, is an incredible um, uh, test or assessment, whatever it is. But my purpose really um, is to rally people together, which I love I'm able to do that, rally people together to empower brands to meet their audacious goals. Like I love, I'm, I'm, most of the time I'm not interested if it's just status quo, if, if we're just going to do the same, same, same type of thing. I love partnering with other companies and brands and people rally all these people together um, to say, hey, what could we accomplish um, and how can we get there? I mean, it's, it's mm -hmm. so fun. And in my job and in my role, we work with a bunch of different industries, right? I mean, we're in the power sports industry and motorcycles and ATVs and whatnot. We're in the housing industry. We do a lot in the um, health care industry, uh, nonprofit industry. Like we're just every day we get to do new things. Um, and I love, so I know everyone keeps saying we're never going back uh, to the <laughs> normal of where we were before, but one, we've got pretty short-term memories. I mean, I yeah. guarantee in a year from now, like we're all going to be back out. There's going to be a vaccine. It's going to be fine. And there's one thing I just want to kind of leave too is we're, we're going to get through this, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to get through all of this. And so that what I look forward to is getting back to help and rally people. And I mean, we can still do it through this time, but yeah. I love, I love new ideas every single day mm -hmm. and being, yeah, I've seen your notepads. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I got a lot of like, drawer. Yeah. I do a big whiteboard. Yeah. With all my yeah. ideas and whatnot. So, yeah. yeah. For those who have not had the opportunity to, to visit uh, Jenny and Katie in their office, if you walk into Jenny's office and look at her whiteboard, Nothing is in a straight line. There's angles. Everything's written all over, just angles everywhere. You know, a few times we've done that. You go into Katie's and it's basically to-do list with check marks. Dot, 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 yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> that, that tells you right there what you need to know about both of them, but you need to know so much more. Funny, our pictures of our whiteboards would tell a big story. That is actually really funny. <laughs> Your whiteboard does tell a lot about who you are. Mine's full of quotes. I love being inspired by what I hear from other people. And I put no, little memories, you know, things that I need to remember to do, but you know, mostly it's my favorite quotes that I've heard, like the let's not waste this experience that I'm staring at now. 
we could go and there will be a part two to this. That one of the things I love about getting to do these podcasts is diving in and talking with people. And, and the hard thing about doing the podcast is I've never finished one feeling like I was complete. Feeling like, well, we've talked about everything there is to talk about. So many things we haven't even touched on yet. Yeah. So before I ask my final question twice, because there's two of you, you're used to things in pairs, right? Yeah. Did your parents mm-hmm. dress you? I know you're not identical twins. Were they the parents that dressed you identically? Nope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My daughters, um, one is my niece biologically who we've adopted and the other is my stepdaughter and they're a year apart. When they uh, were little, my, de- my wife would dress them and they don't look anything like, yet everybody still thought they were twins because they were the same height. They were dressed the same, but it's like, just take a second and look. They're not twins. But then again, with you guys, you know, people probably don't believe us when we tell them that we're twins. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, no, you don't look like twins. But yeah, yeah. no, you guys are yeah. your twins at heart for sure, because you both yeah. have very, very similar hearts. And I love that. So with that, um, the name of the podcast is From the Heart. Play on my last name, but also the whole reason I launched this last year was to to get into the why. And we've already touched on that with what you do with your foundation work. But bigger picture, um, I guess we'll go to Jenny first and let Katie have the final word this time. Um, Jenny, when I ask you, Jenny Dinan, what's in your heart? Oh, gosh. What's in my heart? Um, I guess maybe it was kind of just alluding it there. You know, Mm -hmm. we have so much to be hopeful for and thankful for. And I just feel like, and I'm, I'm hopeful. And what's in my heart is I, I hope that we use this time. We said what it is, is that we can all come together. You know, that we don't, um, I'm, I'm sad a bit of the divide that's happening right now. So I, I'm hopeful because if we all talk individually of what you're doing here, um, at the core, everybody, you know, wants our family and all of us to survive together. So I'm, I'm hopeful um, that we use this time that we can all come together and be more empathetic to each other of where we are. Um, so I think that, um, and maybe I'm still Kate's up, I think what we're trying right now is to spread some joy every single day and to kind of be that light and that example. Um, because it's on my heart that I'm, I'm, I'm sad that there's so much divide right now. So I'm just thinking mm-hmm. I can either get pulled down by it or we can say, what can we do to do our little part which is exactly what you do every day, Ed, of then shining that light to make it moving forward. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful yeah. for where we are. And I, and I choose to focus on that part because if not, the others can suck you down in a very quick way. Yeah. It's unfortunate that this is all happening in a presidential election year. Yeah. So I think yeah. when, I, when I hear divide right away, my mind goes there. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? There would be, we would find other ways to divide too and hopefully unite too. So yeah. as I promised, the final word, Katie Rucker, what's in your heart? Thank you. It is funny because actually the first thing, as soon as you said that, I said I said joy um, is what I said to myself. And um, yeah, when we, the first day on the, the 16th of March, I came home and we took butcher, butcher paper and we put it up on the wall and we had to, we have, so we keep adding to it seven weeks in, what is um, something fun, like a memory we want. And then how did we sprinkle joy today? And we just keep adding in there and it's letters to different people. It's buying people lunch. It's sending flowers. It's, you know, just doing different kinds of things. And that's something I'm trying to instill in my kids because I believe that we can. Um, But I also believe like where I'm at right now is I'm, I really truly am inspired by people. I'm inspired by the kindness. I'm inspired by the humanity. I am hopeful like jenny said i love walking around the neighborhood and seeing all the 
how the kids are putting, you know, their things out. I love when an obstacle course has been written out in chalk on the neighbor you know, yard. So I'm, I'm inspired about that. And I, those are the things that I actually hope continue out of it, but I'm inspired by watching people really rise and survive in this. I think we, we are blessed to be surrounded by so many um, amazing people, businesses, um, just friends who are really leaning in and doing that. So again, just being inspired and as optimistic as we can in the reality of what we're living. Um, but again, choosing joy, choosing optimism, choosing inspiration, instead of choosing, you know, the other path and the other direction that we could be going.